Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Reformatory, Reformation Month edition. <laughs> the podcast for the bum, bum, yeah, bum. the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here as always with my brother in crime, my my festive friend, my uh, returning Reformation. Guy, <laughs> Jack Berry, <laughs> you are. I couldn't think of another. Dude, that, the whole that whole you getting locked out of your place hey, really threw you off today. Okay, didn't it? let me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> off my game right now. So I get home. Okay, so long story short, I'm still dealing with the whole saga of my car getting rear-ended. Right. So yeah. his insurance has been paying for a rental car this entire time because he knocked my car out of alignment. Blah 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 blah. And his insurance is finally just like, uh, okay, we're just gonna get the car towed. Uh, to like speed up the process because they were talking not till November of getting my car looked at, not repaired, looked at. Mm. So they're like, okay, we're going to send the tow truck there to get there to your place to get the car today. Okay, fine, sure, whatever. So I'm like, you know, making sure my car is ready to go, blah, blah, blah. I take my rental car keys off of my regular keychain to like set them aside <laughs> because, you know, oh, I need no. to give him the, the keys to my the car that he's going to tow I leave mm-hmm. the keys in in my place I lock the door and I walk outside like nothing <laughs> like nothing's going on <laughs> get done with you know he takes the car awesome I walk up to the door it's locked I'm like oh yeah I locked the door like a responsible citizen and I uh, search my uh, my person for keys to unlock said door my keys were not on me so I had to. Uh, I had to wait, and my Yikes, wife, sir. Uh, who has the other spare key, uh, was nowhere uh, around where I was at that time. Uh, thankfully, we are very good friends uh, with one of our neighbors that has a spare key to our place. So he got home. I only had to wait about maybe half hour, forty minutes. But yeah, I'm you know cheesed me off a little bit, but I'm okay. I'm okay mm, because yep. Jack, because it is Reformation Month. <laughs> And if 
<laughs> Jack, Jack knows this about me. All right. Yeah. Uh, and longtime listeners of the Reformatory will know this about me, but I love Reformation Month. October is my favorite month out of the year. I yes. love it because everything that I love comes to comes together in in this one month. Right. It's fall. The leaves start turning. Cooler weather. Usually some dark and raininess. Right. Uh, and then Reformation Day, man, October thirty first. It is. It's a great day. I have just great memories of it, and uh, so it is Reformation Month. I'm happy, and per tradition, y'all gonna get Reformation themed episodes for the month of October. So I hope y'all ready, <laughs> ready or not, we shoved it down your throat. <laughs> it's Reformation. <laughs> so, oh boy. So Jack, Jack, I wanted to, I wanted to throw this over to you before we get into uh, the cigar of the week, just real quick. Something that I, something that I love about. Uh, October and especially in the local church context is seeing the different the different levels of of conservatism in the local church <laughs> as to how the different churches will handle Halloween right oh, because, yeah. because yeah. and and here's the thing I've worked it out in a tiered system all right I want to present this to you and you can you can tell me if you think this is right on or not oh, okay gosh so this is how you this is how you know. Okay, and look, this is tongue in cheek, but I think it's funny. So I'm going to share with our listeners. This is how you know how conservative your church is. Okay, by how they handle Halloween. And there's different tiers. There's different tiers of local church. You know <laughs> how they handle it. So this is where we're at. Okay, Jack. So we have Halloween, right? You have those churches yep. that just embrace it. We're doing Halloween parties. Like yep. nothing wrong with it. Totally fine. We're throwing a big Halloween party and it's Halloween, right? That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. That's that's like that's like, you know, you're not conservative really at all. Okay. <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> oh God. Okay. I have to I have to preface this by saying this is all tongue in cheek. Like this is this is a like a Babylon B segment here, okay? Like I'm not <laughs> casting judgment on any churches, okay? Oh but this is just th- we get hate mail. This, this is week. satire. <laughs> this is satire, okay? All right, it's satire. You all need to know that it's satire. Don't come at me with hate. It's satire, <laughs> okay? So anyway, you have you you have the bottom the bottom tier churches <laughs> that celebrate Halloween, okay? <laughs> and then you have you have the tier above that who yeah not not really comfortable with the halloween thing harvest festival no not yet harvest no 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 fe- yeah <laughs> that's one of the tears that's one of the tears but but we haven't gotten there yet all right so okay you have you have the next tier of the local church right who's yeah you know we're not quite comfortable embracing the whole cultural halloween movement but you know we still kind of want to be edgy we still want to seem like we're cool you know and doing all this thing so what do they do they do trunk or treat. Okay. Trunk, yeah. trunk or treat. Okay. <laughs> now, trunk or treat is when oh you get all God. the people at the church, pull into the church True. parking lot, and they decorate the backs of their cars however they want, and they got candy there, and then the kids just come by into the church parking lot and take candy out of people's cars, which in the in hindsight, in 2020, you're teaching kids. Not good. You're teaching not kids. Good. Hey, let's walk up to random strangers' cars and take the candy that they're offering us. Have we not thought this through? <laughs> okay. So, nope. <laughs> we, they haven't. We haven't. 
<laughs> so anyway, okay, so there's that. Okay. All right. So that's that's the next tier. Little bit of conservative still still dripping in, but you know, you're still you're still pretty compromised. <laughs> okay. All right. You got the tier above that. Who's like, you know what? We don't wanna we don't really wanna do anything Halloween because, you know, it's the devil's holiday. You know, we don't really want to associate <laughs> with it. Jack guessed it. It's the fall festival. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's full on harvest whole, festival. Whole on harvest festival, fall festival, whatever you want to call it, man. <laughs> you got bobbing for apples. You've got blow up houses. You've got games. You've got cornhole. You've got you know chips and dip candy. The whole nine yards. The whole how ha- like Halloween, Halloween experience. Except we don't call it Halloween. There's literally no difference. We just don't you call, call it Halloween. <laughs> you call it dressing as Han. Dr- yes. You call it this. You call it women dressing up as Han Solo season. <laughs> That's what you call it, people. Dude, so okay, let's be when honest. When I was a really little kid, my dad was a youth pastor at this church, and they did the fall festivals. And all the other kids, they'd be dressing up as this and this and this. And this. this is going to be a throwback to my OG, OG reformed homeschool kids. Man, I dressed up as Bible man. Y'all know who Bible Man wow. is? Shout out if you know. Tell me if you wow. know who Bible Man is. All right. It was either Bible Man or someone from Adventures and Odyssey. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, so you have the fall festival, right? That's where it's at. Where it's literally a <laughs> Halloween party. We just don't call it that because that yeah. would be bad. Okay. You're pretty conservative there. Pretty conservative, but you ain't OG conservative. You ain't what oh, you dude, ain't, I, I know this. You ain't what what Josh Loftus grew up with you ain't josh loftus <laughs> local church conservative all right when you grew up the way that i grew up you don't you 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 have done away with the things of the world you have done away with <laughs> halloween you've done away with anything that even that even remotely smells or looks like halloween we don't have halloween parties jack we have reformation parties <laughs> Yeah, I know. I knew it was coming. That's where we are, baby. That's where the OG, that's where the OG conservative local churches, that's what we got. So, again, it's literally a Halloween party, except you dress up as your favorite reformer or favorite Bible character. But it can't be Satan or you can't be Jesus. Anything else is on the table. (laughs) You got to look like Friar Tuck or Martin <laughs> yes. Luther. There's Either a lot. One. There's a lot of Martin Luthers, right? There's a lot of John the Baptist, right? There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of Moses. There's, you know, there's a lot of those things going on. So, Jack, that is my tier. That is my tiered list. Yeah. Do you accept? Pretty spot on tier list. Uh, yes, I accept. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Jack, in in true Reformation Month style, would you please? Give us this week's Cigar of the Week. Okay, so this week's Cigar of the Week is very interesting. So I was on a trip, actually, in um, the Pullman, Moscow area. Oh! Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> yes. Let's not go, let's not delve too greedily or too deep into that. <laughs> You'll never find a land more of more oh, wretched no, hide than no. And filled no, with scum and villainy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, okay, so uh, I was out in uh, the Palouse, as we call it, in eastern Washington there uh, for my company doing recruiting efforts out at the local university of the state of Washington out there. Yeah. But uh, I came back and uh, had a good little smoke 
And this is like pretty much, I've never heard of this brand before. Mm -hmm. It was in my local, um, my local uh, cigar lounges, Humidor. Uh, it's called Kiravari. Very uh, interesting Italian sounding name. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is called the Kiravari Reserva Limitata Classica, mm. if you will. And I smoked the uh, Robusto. It definitely has a lot of Nicaraguan uh, puro kind of tobacco in it, uh, of what it's been, uh, of what just the description is as well, too. Nicaraguan puro features different Corojo long fillers as well as Carrillo. Um, dark sun grown wrapper around it as well, too. Definitely, uh, when I smoked it, it was definitely earthy. Mm -hmm. Definitely had a little sweetness kick on the end of it. I will say this. <laughs> There was a Gurkha representative in there. Oh, no. And. No, no, no. Oh, man. Friends don't let uh, friends the, smoke Gurkhas, Okay, the, the tobacconist <laughs> that I know there is like, can you please smoke this and tell him? He's like, it's for free. Just, j I need to know okay. what's going on with the cigar. The Kir the Kiravari, this cigar definitely has flavor. Definitely has, you can taste that complexity yeah. in it. <laughs> Dude, the Gurkha, I smoked this thing called, uh, what was it called the revenant dude <laughs> legitimately i have never tasted a more bland <laughs> literally i could not taste the cigar i took literally and maybe the draw was terrible on it yeah so this is different from the Kiravari What's people. What's it called? Gurkha. The Revenant? Gurkha, Gurkha Revenant. So basically you're Apparently saying like, like this This is the Leonardo DiCaprio of cigars then is what you're saying. <laughs> Dude, it was like they said they were boasting about how it had all this like San Andreas wrapper no, no, and Cameroon binder and filler and the, the tobacco was aged for 13 years. Dude, I literally could not taste zero. Literally could not taste a single daggum thing in that cigar. A big fat, just like nothing bomb. All right. The Kiravari people, Kiravari. I will tell you this. The Kiravari is, uh, I had it for $7 in a Robusto size. It has earthiness. It has sweetness to the back of it. Uh, it has, it does, it's not really peppery. It's more of this kind of very um, medium earthy blend to it. Um, with some sweetness to it. Also kind of, uh, how can I describe it in some other different ways as well too. Kind of has like a, a graham crackery type of taste to it as well. So there you go. Take the Curie, the Curavari, yeah. the Limitada, the Reserva Limitada Classica and smoke that. Do not smoke anything Gurkha people. Yeah. Thank you. No, don't. This is this yeah. this is this is my gift to you yeah. at seven dollars MSRP for a Robusto. That's right. Okay? That's right. Friends <laughs> don't let friends smoke Gurkhas. That's how it is. Yeah. All right, people, you heard it here first. The Curavari Reserva Limitata Classica. Go get it. You'll like it. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. Now we get to it. Jack, happy Reformation Month. Mm -hmm. I'm just, yes, I'm just happy. I'm happy. It's a good <laughs> month. It's a good month. So, Jack, uh, something that we wanted to talk about today mm -hmm. uh, is to just basically uh, for this first episode in October, we wanted to talk about just overarchingly 
what the Reformation was, why it needed to happen, and what we can learn from it uh, in the context of our local church here today, right? Because I yeah. think, uh, especially in some of the later eps uh, coming up, we're going to see some of the some of the truths that came out of the Reformation uh, are just as applicable, if not more applicable, today than they were in the 1500s when the Reformation started, right? So, yeah. Something, and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna get to those. But what I wanted to talk about today was why the Reformation needed to happen, what the Reformation was, right, and then, yeah, what what can we learn from the Reformation, and what are some of the what are some of the aspects of the Reformation that we can glean from today? So why don't we start, Jack, with what the Reformation was? How about how about we how about we start there? Yeah. I would say that the Reformation, um, the Protestant Reformation as we know it, is a period of time, I would say probably, you know, we, we go to this kind of date of 1517, sure, where sure. Martin Luther basically takes his 95 theses he has, and really like that 95 theses was a way, this was like the old version of Facebook, what he did. <laughs> so he so they used to like take um he posted it they to used to wall. take yeah well he posted he posted it to the Wittenberg uh castle doors there yeah. and they used to do this all the time like they used to post things and like try and get uh you know and create kind of these talking points and stuff like that and Martin Luther in 1517 posts his 95 theses uh, about why there should be reformation and reforming happening mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church. So we would say that it starts, the reformation starts from 1517, and it kind of carries on in these different characters like Martin Luther, uh, like Ulrich Zwingli, uh, like uh, John Knox and John Calvin. Um, you also have Martin Luther's um, predecessor, Philip Melanchthon. Uh, you also have kind of these different streams of the Reformation happening, I would say. So you have kind of more your, let's see, your continental stream. Um, and then you have a different kind of Dutch reformed stream. And then you also have kind of this British Isles kind of stream happening as well, too. Yeah. So there is a lot of stuff happening and even you could say that the Reformation could have started with um, a man called Jan Hus, or the Hussites, right. if you will. And we have a friend named Josh Hus, who is a direct descendant of Jan Hus, is uh, which true? is pretty crazy. Is it, is, it is. Has it has is that, absolutely. It is one hundred percent confirmed, sir. Like a hundred percent confirmed. Josh needs to. Josh needs to contact me. I need to see. I need to see his ancestry.com. That's what I need to see. <laughs> so, and even uh, Luther would say Ichbenein Hussite a lot too, right. because he wanted to tie himself to Jan Hus yep. uh, specifically for his contributions to basically saying like, "Hey, like what Rome is doing, mm-hmm. and the biggest I would say um, axe to grind." with the Roman Catholic Church at the time in Luther's day was the practice of, um, oh my gosh, I am totally blanking on this. Indulgences? Indulgences. There you go. Thank you, sir. So basically this idea of like, 
you are trying to like limit your family's time in purgatory right. by basically giving to the Catholic Church a certain amount of money $5 holla. for <laughs> to forgive their sins and like speed up this you know intermer- or intermediate process right. before they get into heaven. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. A coin in the coffer rings mm, the soul from yeah. purgatory springs right yeah so basically you have at this time the catholic church and, and and this is what's interesting is you have uh the catholic church not only being the authority of religion but also the authority of politics over yeah. uh over um, pretty much all of europe Right, the magisterium. Right, exactly. The magisterium. So the Pope is basically what the Pope says goes. Right. So what yeah. you are seeing is the the atrocities that are being done to the common people through the Catholic Church. Jack already mentioned one of them. They're they're scamming the people out of their money in order to give them some sort of false sense of hope that they can relieve their family's time in purgatory. Right. Uh, and you know, if you just give more to the church, then then uh, you know you're a, you're able to. You know, grandma won't, she'll be able to go into heaven, right? She doesn't have to stay in purgatory anymore, right? Uh, Prayer, you know, the the access that the common man had to scripture uh, was only through their priest. They didn't have the Bible in their own tongue. The Bible was in Latin. So only the most learned uh, people who could afford education or that were given education through the Catholic Church were able to express the truths of scripture to the people. So because of that, when you are the only one that has access to the truth, uh, you can utilize that and in any way that you want and say anything that you want and bend it any way that you want in order to increase you know your own status your own wealth or your own influence right and that's what was yeah. happening and you, you had individuals you know uh in Europe being being killed burned at the stake for praying in their own native language instead yeah. of in the Latin that they were charged with with only praying in right yeah so you didn't have the word of god right you didn't you didn't have that you didn't have access to it uh your only means of of understanding what the truths of uh the word of god say are through your priest and then you have corrupt political religious authority figures that are using their position not to be the priests and the shepherds you know that 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 were called to be in in leadership but they but they're abusing the people right and yeah. so now you have this system and and look obviously it's not to the same degree like there's there's many differences uh in in catholicism today than the call than catholicism in, in the reformation time but the core tenets are still yeah. the same and sure. that you are relying upon your works your ability to keep uh, you know yourself clean from sin, uh, your your penance, your confession, right? And we're not talking like a confession of faith, like the 1689. We're talking the Catholic form of confession, where you're you're yeah. in a booth telling your sins to the priest in order to be cleansed from them, right? Yeah. You have a mediator that's not Christ, but that's your priest, that's the Virgin Mary, that's you know as many as many artifacts or um um i'm trying to think of the what's the word what's the word that they you know like the bones of the apostles and all the 
what's the fancy word for it? I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, you would touch these things and oh, the relics. relics. Thank you. The relics. You. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, if you can touch the relics, you know, the then, cult of the saints. Exactly. Exactly. It gets you. You know, it, it it cleanses you of sin. It gets you times off purgatory. All of these things, right? And it was a racket. So you have the common man, without access to the word of God, having to take the word of their religious authority, the Catholic Church, as gospel, and all of the abuse and all the atrocities that were happening uh, as a result of that. And then, obviously, all the Catholic doctrine that comes from that, the works-based salvation, the works-based justification, right? The strength of your salvation being something that 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 is synergistic based on the strength of you know, Christ, obviously, but your ability to keep yourself clean. And it is a system that was just killing people, right? Literally and spiritually. Yeah. So enter this obscure Augustinian monk named Martin Luther, who was in the Catholic Church, you know, mm-hmm. tra- being trained and being taught within the Catholic Church. And Martin Luther comes to this to this uh, kind of fork in the road, spiritually, if you will, to where he sees the he sees the demands of God to be perfect and to be holy, and how the Catholic Church uses those demands for their own for their own gain, and places the the weight of the law onto the individuals, especially when it comes to the confirmation and the sustainment of their salvation. Martin Luther sees that truth, but also sees that he is supposed to revere God as good and and love and gracious. And he does not understand how these two truths compute with each other. So you have Martin Luther just wrecked and 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 completely distraught because of the weight that he feels for his own sin but also the knowledge that if God demands such perfection yet places the onus on him in order to keep it, he doesn't understand how that works, right? And he's he's struggling with that. And he's also looking around seeing the atrocities that are being done within the Catholic Church to the common people. He sees the indulgences being sold. He sees the relics being being honored and sought after and the abuse that's there. And he starts to think that something needs to be done about this, right? So just mm-hmm. like Jack said, that's where the 95 Theses come in. And I think the 95 the- like a lot of people think that the 95 Theses, that Martin Luther just kind of wrote those as, a, as an act of rebellion, as I'm going to stick it to the Catholic Church and I'm going I'm nah. to burn them <laughs> with my words. And he goes up there and just nails it to the door and holds his hammer in the air and says, you know, you know it's time for revolution, right? That's actually not what it was. Martin Luther wrote these 95 theses out as a means of, 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 of wanting to create an open dialogue and actually talk about these things. But what ended up happening is his 95 theses were taken. And thanks to our good friend, you know, a couple of years before, Gutenberg, they were put through the print and print, printing press and they went everywhere. And you could say it was the first viral post 
that just went yeah. all over the place <laughs> and it caught like wildfire. And yeah. that's what ended up happening. And that's uh, where we truly see the the embers of the Reformation that had been started by people like John Huss. That's where we see them yeah. fanned. The the flames were fanned into mm-hmm. into a into a forest fire uh, by Martin Luther, right? And then that yeah. spread throughout Europe. So the Reformation needed to happen because what it is is it's a, it's a returning back. It's a it's a reforming, right? A reformation, a mm-hmm. reforming, yeah. a restructuring, not to something new, but to something that we once held as true. And that's what the reformers said is 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 we aren't we aren't creating new doctrine. We aren't creating new dogma yeah. or a new church. We are reclaiming, reforming, going back to the truths of the gospel that we have lost yeah and that the catholic church has lost and that the common man has lost because they don't have access to the word of god right so martin luther wrote the new he translated the new testament from latin into german and for the first time the german people have the new testament in their own language and they and they start putting two and two together because now they have access to the truth right and and that just that just that just in it just increased the the breadth of the fire if you will right so the reformation is a is a turning away from uh, the false gospel that had been propagated up to that point by the catholic church and a returning to the fundamental core gospel centered truths found in scripture right and it needed to happen. That's why it needed to happen, right? And something I love about, you know, something that uh, always sticks with me with R.C. Sproul, Papa Sproul, is when he talks about the Reformation, he he does so in a way that says that the Reformation, the Reformation needs to be rekindled and it needs to be restarted every generation yeah. because every generation needs to be reminded of the core truths of the gospel, the core truths of Christianity. The Reformation needs to be constantly going, which is what one of the one of the calls that we have in, in Reformdom. We're always reforming. Semper Reformanda, right? We are always returning to the core truths of Scripture. Always. That's what we're called yeah. to look back to, right? So the Reformation needed to happen. It needs to happen today. So, Jack, when you think about the, obviously, the immense uh, immense uh, impact that the Reformation mm-hmm. in, in the 15, in 1517 had on our local church today. When you think about a Reformation today, in 2022, if we were to yeah. be constantly re- reforming, a constant Reformation, what does that look like in the context of our local church today? Oh man, Josh, you about to get a whopper oh, here. Oh, here we dude. go. Uh-oh. You are about to get you about to get a nugget just dropped. Okay. Um so we are starting the book of Galatians okay. this month in true fashion. Yes. Um Luther uh did a lot of commentary on the book of Galatians mm-hmm. a lot, right? And it's very interesting that we're going through this cultural moment that we're going through right now in the church where we're talking a lot about justification and we're talking about this whole federal vision stuff and we're talking about do works add to the sanctification 
basically lead itself into your justification. Right, right. Does it does it add to or does it sustain it? Yeah. Right? So this is a very key moment for us mm-hmm. in the church because a lot of people are taking what we would say um, is more of a pure Augustinian view, just like Luther was, of kind of basing your works a little bit on your justification in this sense. But um, my pastor... Uh, one of my pastors, he never really does long quotes in sermons, but he just had to bring this out when we went through the first five verses of the Epistle to the Galatians last Lord's Day service. And it's this quote from um, Passed Away. So this is Richard Lovelace from Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, who passed away, I think, in 2020. So just recently, within the last couple of years, he is talking about your justification in Jesus Christ. He says this, only a fraction of the present body of professing Christians are solidly appropriating the justifying work of Christ in their lives. Many have so light an apprehension of God's holiness and of the extent and guilt of their sin that consciously they see little need for justification. Although below the surface of their lives, they are deeply guilt-ridden and insecure. Many others have a theological or theoretical commitment to this doctrine, but in their day-to-day existence, they rely on their sanctification. They rely on their sanctification for their justification in the Augustinian manner, drawing their assurance of acceptance with God from their sincerity, their past experience of conversion, their recent religious performance, or the relative infrequency of their conscience, willfully disobedience. Few know enough to start each day with a thoroughgoing stand upon Luther's platform. This is the simplistic view of what Luther's platform is right here. You are accepted, looking outward in faith and claiming the holy alien righteousness of Christ as the only ground for acceptance relaxing in that quality of trust which will produce increasing sanctification of faith or sanctification as faith is active in love and gratitude that is quite the truth bomb (laughs) yeah that constant assurance as a believer in jesus christ that you've placed your trust in christ and you've placed your trust on his death, on his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, that he is your justification, that his righteousness is now imputed onto you as the believer. Mm -hmm. This is a huge core tenet of the Protestant Reformation, Mm -hmm. that Jesus imputes his righteousness onto you and that you now have Jesus to stand upon this rock Mm. and to stand upon that and basically relish in all that is that justification through Christ, Mm. our Savior, and his justifying work on the cross in your place for your sins. That is something that is huge. That will be a talking point for these next couple episodes as we go through, uh, spoiler alert, the five solas. Oh, yeah. I can't (laughs) wait, man. dude, we are about to just, dude, those five solas are getting at the thrust of what the Catholic Church was coming up to people and saying, 
no, these are actually the things that save you yep. versus yep. through faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Those things are the things that are going to sustain us, not through councils, not through this magisterium, mm-hmm. not through the Pope do we get salvation or justification or sanctification, not through our works, but through Christ's work on the cross in our place for our sins. Amen. So that is a huge thing that the Reformation brings, basically digs it out of the muck and the mire, yep. washes it off and says, this is really the true gospel, yep. that Christ's death was enough for us. That was it. <laughs> and we continue to have those issues today of standing every single morning, looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, as believing, confessing followers of Jesus, am I accepted or am I going to live in a way that I have to earn my salvation somehow mm-hmm. again? So like Loveless is saying, like we can, we can have this theoretical head knowledge, but are we doing that in our everyday lives? Like those are the, that's, those are the questions the reformers were trying to answer yeah. because the magisterian was coming to him and saying, hey, if you guys don't do this, I don't know if you are a varsity material here. Yeah. But in some sense, Paul was questioned as well, too, back in the day in the early church with a lot of different opponents who would use the Jewish law against him and say, if you really need to be on the varsity team of Christians, you need to be Jewish first. Mm -hmm. You need to be this first. You need to do this and this and this. And Paul continues to hammer home in that epistle to the Galatians that you are justified through the death of Christ on the cross in your place for your sins, and that he is your atoning work. You're not atoning for anything. No, you are putting your faith in that atoning work. And so that is a huge thing that we have to realize and we have to go back to to the past, to church history, and bring back here into the future and say, hey, I, as a Christian, am justified by Christ and his blood shed for me on the cross because that is my righteousness. My righteousness is in him. And then this is the crazy thing too, that grace of the Lord would now impute that righteousness onto me and I can now stand in the presence of God and worship him and love him and live my life for him. So crazy stuff that happens in the Reformation people. And if we see that again, and if we get a hold of that again, you will experience the gospel again as this balm, as this healing balm to you again, over and over and over again. And it won't become dull and it won't become a thing that you graduate from. And it won't become a thing that you, you know, kind of put up in your attic and leave there. It'll become this treasure to you over and over again. And you look to it over and over again and you relish in it. So mm. I think that's really the the heartbeat of the Reformation is relishing in the gospel. I know we can like talk about like, oh, you know, Reformation, blah, 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 blah. But like deep down in this month, like relish in the fact that the gospel and your justification is paid for. Mm. That Jesus is enough, like his work on the cross is enough. I don't know how else to like come across to that, but that's what the reformers are like trying to say. And all these other authorities and magisteriums 
want to come against them and say, no, like we are actually the power and authority over you, which is like complete garbage here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that is like a huge thing to realize during this month as we go forward and talk about these different things. But man, once we realize where our justification is and our justification is in Christ alone and that his righteousness, we can relish in his righteousness because he imputes that to us by grace through faith, absolute game changer on how you see yourself and how you look at the gospel and how you relish the gospel. So, Man, I didn't want that to end, man. I was, I just, done, I was I just sitting got, here. I done got in my pulpit. I was sitting here, man. I said a Jesus. Pre- Brother Jack <laughs> preaching to me, man. I liked it. I was sitting here just like, keep keep going. Keep going. No, I mean, dude, like you just, like you described, you know, in, in that why I love Reformation Month so much. Yeah. It's because yeah. It, it reminds me, it reminds me of, excuse me. See, I even got Josh all choked yeah, up over here, exactly, people. Exactly, man. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I won. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, it. You won. <laughs> it reminds me of the truths that I need to be reminded of the most. Yeah. Right? Reformation needs to happen with every generation because every generation needs to be reminded of the essential truths of what the gospel is is Mm -hmm. and that is what the reformation does is it reminds you it points to scripture it points to the person of christ and says he is your anchor he is the one that you place your hope in he is the one that makes you worthy it's his works it's not your faith it's not the the indulgences that you pay it's not the relics that you touch It's not your ability to make sure that you confess every sin that you can think of. It's not your ability to live a good and holy and blameless life. Because if it was, Jesus wouldn't have had to do it for you. Yeah. The Reformation reminds you that even though you have nothing and bring nothing, Jesus gave you everything. Yeah. And that's why I love this month is because it reminds me of truths that I need to remember and that I struggle to remember. That's that's why the Reformation is important. Yep. And as we get into the five solas, which are essentially the, the pillars of Christianity, the core truths of Christianity, if you will, that if you remove one of these five solas, Christianity falls apart, right? Yeah. And obviously, there's many more truths to Christianity than just five. That's not what we're saying. But the five yeah. solas that came out as, as almost a almost a rallying cry of the Reformation, right? In 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 income in uh, in defense of 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 what the Catholic Church was saying, the Reformation comes out and says, "No, these truths of the gospel we hold to, and we hold to dogmatically." And yeah, man, there is so much meat on this bone that it is. It, it's not. It's not like four eps in a month isn't enough. But we're gonna yeah. take the we're gonna take the next three weeks in October to go through the five solas of the Reformation. 
I don't know how we're going to split them up. We'll figure it out. How Jack just preached, man, faith alone might need its own week. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. But we hope you guys are excited. We're excited. I, I love Reformation Month. It is just, we we all need this reminder. We all do. All right. And uh, whether whether you're a whether you're a Reformation Party person or you're a, a fall festival person, you know, uh, or a, you know what? You know what? We'll even we'll even throw trunk or treaters in there. Trunk or treaters. Or if, you're a, well, or if it's Han Solo season, women, Han and Solo you are season. just all over that kind of look this That's year. That's right. The brown vest, <laughs> the high leather boots. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. The the. PSL latte and the holster on the side. Right? <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. It's a good month, Jack. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's Just. gonna be a good month. All right, Jack. I think Big man, Eva, Big Eva has Big sung, Eva has dude. sung, my friend. I'm man. I'm Big Eva today. Yes, I'm you singing are. over Jack, here, Jack, dude. Jack Dunn sang. I, <laughs> it was a Reformation song. Get us out of here, buddy. Uh, Josh, once you edit this, can you yeah. put like some piano in the back, like in a true like black church style, like true black church style. Dude, I need I needed somebody to just play some piano in the back when I was going through this. How about this? That, How about this? <laughs> man. I'm I'll see if I can find some I'll see if I can find some and give it to you right now. So Jack oh, yeah. Jack Jack, take us out of here. Take us out of here in your best your best preacher voice. Go. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh man. You you are you are now gonna go to the sociables. Uh, okay. <laughs> You are going to go to the sociables and you're going to follow us. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate. Your favor. Yeah, if you appreciate Josh and I's um, pontifications and uh, getting up all jazzed up about Reformation Month, uh, you too can follow us on the sociables. You can follow us on the Facebook, the Metaverse, the Zuck site, the Instagram, goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, and the Twitter. The tweaker, the little blue bird, which I hear that Elon Musk is going to buy again. Dude, it, I it's am back hearing on. it's back on it's the table. It's back on again. Josh, you told me that it would never be back on again. Dude. And it is back on again, sir. What are the odds that Elon Musk listens to the reformatory and he's been listening to us <laughs> this entire time, hyping him up, saying, Go, Elon, go, go, you can do it. And he's like, You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm gonna do it. It's back on the table. He's definitely not giving us a billion dollars. This is not what happening. Is, what, what's that? What's that movie? Is it Waterboy when Adam Sandler comes in and he's like, he's like, y'all remember when? Y'all remember when? Uh, what does he say something? Something came in and you win the butter boy, do you? Oh my god, that's him. <laughs> so people, you can follow us on those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can further help us make the local church central to their lives. That's right. Well, there's many ways you can do that. The uh, least of these is to head on over to reformatorypod.com, get yourself some local church merch, rep your local church, and look good doing it. Uh, you can become a Patreon supporter. You can, uh, for $5 a month, you get uh, early access to all the episodes. Um you get some uh, you get some cool perks. I think we send you like a book and uh, like some some cool merch if you become a patron supporter for a five dollar holla. You too could become mm. a supporter for uh, this podcast and have your name hallowed, hallowed, sir. hallowed, hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is our vow to you. Last but not least, if you are an Apple, you can scroll down. You can give us a little mm-hmm. five star action, a little five star review. Little five star, uh, you know, you know, rating. We would really appreciate it. it. Helps the podcast get out to more people, and um, 
you know, we would really appreciate that. Share it with a friend. Tell a friend about the Reformatory. If you want to encourage your friends to commit to the local church and to be encouraged in their commitment to the local church. It's not just a guilt trip. We're encouraging you guys. We're your cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. We're saying, good job. Keep going. Share it with a friend. They'll appreciate it. We'll appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Jack, it's been a pleasure. I'll catch you on the next step. Thank you all for listening. We will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.